Igniting Courage Podcast, Igniting Courage Podcast. I'm not going to try to like improvise a song because that would be terrible. But if I did, it would say something to the effect of, this is the place you come where you realize that discomfort and fear and trepidation are all a normal part of courageous action. <laughs> Welcome to episode 119 with Forrest Tough. Forrest is the founder and CEO of One Vision Productions, an award-winning multimedia company. He has been very successful behind the camera, creating media, creating movies, and now is deciding to take the courageous act of moving in front of the camera or on the stage. He's trying to become a speaker. And in this episode, he talks about the courage it takes to take on something new. And there's a surprise at the end that he talks about something that he did because his daughters were like, Daddy, you should do that. And all parents, I think, have been in the situation where their kids say that and you don't want to let them down. And so you say, okay, and he actually did it. So listen all the way to the end on how Forrest is building the courage to change, to evolve, and taking a very humble approach, which I find very, very inspiring. So enjoy episode 119 with Forrest Tough. All right, thank you so much for joining us. Forrest Tough, how are you doing this morning? How are you doing? Great. Glad to be here, Anne. How's the weather down in, uh, in, in Atlanta? Well, it's fair, but it's starting to get a little nippy. And we're, we're, we're trying to tell the East Coast to come and get this cold weather. You know, we're enjoying the sun down here. <laughs> That's right. And, and when you say nippy, you probably mean 60, where we're in 30 exactly. down here, up here in Michigan. <laughs> exactly right. We're all finicky. Like, oh, some yeah. ice, shut everything down. It's a little exactly. Yeah. Boy, I used to live in Virginia, and that's the case, right? It's like yeah. the whole city shuts down. Well, we like to kick off our um, episodes these days with a little rapid fire questions. One oh. sentence, and I commend you for not, uh, <sighs> not choosing them. You're like, just go ahead. I'm like, all sure. right, here we go. <laughs> all right, so last book you read or listened to, and would you recommend it? Uh, I'll go with Blue Ocean Strategy. Yes, Blue, I would recommend it. Blue Ocean Strategy. What's it about? It's about creating your own ocean. So, for instance, sharks, they feed on the same clientele. That's the red ocean. Blue ocean is when you go into a different order, a different water and create your own market. Oh, very cool. All right. Yeah. For business people, that's a great one. What was it called again? Blue Ocean Strategy. All right. One thing you will never do again. I will never. Hmm. You got me stuck on that one. You know what? I will never have another kid. Oh, <laughs> me neither. I don't even have any. <laughs> I'll go with that one. All right. You already have a few? Yes, I have three daughters. Oh, very That's cool. Right. How old are they now? They're two in college. We got 19, 17, and seven. Yes, oh, wow. and seven. Seven's my favorite age. They're just so delightful because yeah. they're not sassy yet, but they're not like... Yeah, they're cute. But you know, I was home free, but then I said, hey, coach, put me back in. Yeah. You're like, one more, one more. <laughs> one more. Now you're like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm done. What was your first car? My first car was a VW Bug. And the thing was, it did not have heat or air. And it had the old rotary windows. But, you know, it was my favorite uh, favorite little car. Nice. It's still, it's like the phone thing. The You still do that cranky thing with them <laughs> yeah. when you're... Yeah. All right. Uh, last one. Favorite guilty pleasure. My favorite guilty pleasure is crab legs. I especially love king crab. There's something there. I'll go on these tangents where I just cannot stop buying them and eating them. And I have to just cut myself off. So that would be my guilty pleasure. 
That's awesome. When I got the opportunity to move from Tucson, Arizona to Maryland, one of the reasons I was like, you know what? Maryland crabs. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Forrest, I'm really excited to talk to you today because you're in an interesting position. You have made a great profession for yourself. And now you're looking at going from behind the camera to in front of the camera or on the stage and being the center of attention as a speaker. So tell us a little bit about your background and, and what you've done before you've made this pivot. So my, my professional background after college started out in sales. I did retail management, you know, worked at stores. So that is where I, I learned to really talk to people, the sales pitch and how to, you know, read signals. Now, fast forward, my proficient area is in creative storytelling, media production. So I've been in business as a media professional for now about 15, 16 years. So that's what I've done. I've been behind the scene producing films, you know, behind the scenes, you know, and I'm used to talking to people on a one-on-one basis or small group, but then people started to say, hey, listen, tell us your keys to success or blah, blah, blah. And so you're thinking like, I got to talk to a group of people. And then that's when you feel the sweat, the butterflies and, you know, your lunch is ready to come up. So I decided it was time for me to get training to become a better presenter. And that's how it started. I love it. And, and it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that you've done that is to build your skills in it, to do the way that you've dealt with the fear and the, the butterflies and the sweat yeah. and all that stuff <laughs> is to become more proficient. So what did you do? So I actually joined an organization called Toastmasters. You know, I went in and I got, I've heard about Toastmasters for years and it's always been a little intimidating. I think for most people who aren't professionals, that's where you first find out about public speaking. And so I went into Toastmasters, I joined a group and it was amazing. It was a safe space because you had the opportunity to tell, you know, do different types of talks and learn how to give these presentations but it's a very supportive group. You know, people aren't looking at you going, oh, this guy is the worst. You know, no matter how bad you are, they're always giving you uplifting feedback and evaluation. Right. And it's it's also a bunch of people who are also scared of public speaking. Yes. So you really yes. want to, you know, it's not the people going to the car race for the car crashes. It's the That's people right. who are like, yeah, you're doing it. Oh, my God, it's so scary. And That's yeah, right. I've been in a couple of Toastmasters group. And it is a That's super... Right. Um, and, and so you've worked through their programs because they also they have specific things you can work up to. Mm-hmm. And you're moving towards the sort of the top end of the Toastmasters group, right? Yes. So I joined Toastmasters in 2017. And this past June, I became a distinguished Toastmaster. That's their highest level. And so for there, I've really started to get now into the business of speaking because I think that's the next level. Now that you understand the craft, it's like, how do you formulate a business? you know, and get paid for doing it. So I've been on that journey for about a year and a half. And there's Toastmasters has something called an accredited speaker. And in order to actually qualify for that program, you have to do 25 paid professional talks and, you know, have a resume and recommendation. So I actually was a finalist and I'll be doing that in 2021. And Toastmasters, there's only 88 of those globally. So that's that is you, my first foray. Yes. Nice. That's great. And that, is that how you know Paul Artale who introduced us? So actually, yes, that's how I got in, how I met Paul. I actually contacted Paul because he is an accredited speaker. Yep. And so for me, I like to reach out to people that have attained what I'm trying to aspire. And I asked Paul, you know, hey, give me any advice that could be useful or helpful. And so this year I actually made the program. But here's the kicker. I go the entire year doing all these talks in front of large crowds. You know, I've gotten 
I've gotten my, my courage up and then COVID hits. So mm. now when it's time to perform, hey, you have to speak to a camera. And yeah. I'm like, you know, Paul, and it's unprecedented. You know, no one had ever done this. So these guys mentored me on talks, but it was just a different arena. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity next year. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And Paul actually was a guest on Igniting Courage podcast on episode 12. Awesome. So he and I wow. have been, yeah. So that was yeah. before he got his accredited speaker, before he got his doctorate. So wow. we're hoping to bring Dr. Paul Artale back Dr. on. Paul Artale, yes. I know, right? <laughs> and he's such a good guy. I absolutely adore him. So yeah, he's always he really fun to he talk. He was one of my, be my best supporters. I really thank them just for, you know, just, hey, looking out for me and just giving me any advice that I could use. And, you know, that's such a thing that's a, a theme that comes up over and over in this podcast is I reached out for help. I reached out for somebody who'd been there before or had yeah. done it. Is that sort of part of what built your courage to do this? Oh, yeah. You, you have to humble yourself no matter how far you get. The landscape, technology changes, events happen. So, you know, somebody who probably was a, a monster in this industry has now had to find out how to reinvent themselves in this new virtual environment. So, for me, one of the things that I've always practiced is making sure that you always talk to people who are either smarter or have gone where you want and try to continuously learn. You know, even if that's learning from millennials who are going to be the bosses in the next 10, 15 years. You know, my thing is to always continue to learn and grow. You know, I recently heard somebody, somebody veteran to the workforce and to life. So, so an older person <laughs> say, if you don't have a millennial mentor, you are missing out on all of the advances that are happening in the workplace right that's now. Right. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that. And that's humbling, right? You know, you think yeah. about it, you're coming to a millennial and you're like, you know, I'm accomplished. I, you know, and now you have to ask for them to kind of help show you what's happening, what's relevant in this time. So. Yeah, I think that's a, a very humbling but necessary experience. So talk about, you said humbling a few times, and I love the concept because it requires vulnerability. Yeah. And that takes courage too. But that's how we build connections and build the courage to move forward. So right. talk to me a little bit about, you know, you've said this a few times, so it sounds like it's something that you focus on in your life. Talk to me about being humble and developing that. So, you know, when you start on a journey, you have to, it's like you map out where you want to go. Like, just like you map out this strategic plan, you also have to know who you want to be as you proceed, as you pro make progress. And so I've always wanted to be a person that is pliable in a sense, someone that can always learn. So I made sure that I always had self-checks. I keep people around me that are not yes people. I like to make sure that people can tell me the truth because there are times when you do get to certain peaks <clears throat> excuse me, and you get to certain accomplishments in your career. <clears throat> and while they look great, you're making certain things, making money. You don't want to now think you've arrived and you can't learn. So I made that a part of my process to always say, hey, Forrest, always reach out to people, no matter, because I like to do it on my own. I'll be honest with you. I'm a person that I'm a self-starter. I'm a go-getter, but I also realize that some mountains I don't have to climb by myself. It's okay to get a hand. So that's just kind of my philosophy that I've just taken with me in my journey. I love that. And it's such an important philosophy to maintain connection with people. Because yeah. once you, I mean, you read your bio on your website and it's like, whoa, I was a little intimidated coming into this conversation because you are very accomplished. Thank but you. in order to maintain that connection and maintain that growth, and like you said, you're doing something completely new moving into the speaking arena. That's right. You do have to maintain that level of humbleness. And I'm kind of starting again. 
Yeah, you start what? theming. You have to recognize you're not the you're not the authority. You know, and there are people who have been in the business 10, 15, 20 years, and they can offer you so much and it can cut you so much time off. And I think that's where so many people miss the mark in in things that we do is we want to be the authority to the point where we can't hear. And I, I think sometimes leadership, it means listening to others. It means listening to people and hearing what you need that can help you survive and, you know, also help overall your company thrive if you, you know, you have others that are going with you. So I just think it's a great thing to practice. I love it. I love it. And listening is, as I, as I teach leadership and I teach emotional intelligence, being able, you know, there's, there's the, the dichotomy between confidence and self-promotion, which is necessary as right. entrepreneurs and listening and learning and being open to others, right. you know, and so often they get tipped in either direction. It sounds yeah. like you've got a nice balance. How do you walk that line? It's an everyday thing. <laughs> of course, listen, you know, no matter who you are, you know, for me, I'm married. All right. Somebody may have a partner, girlfriend, spouse, boyfriend, whatever. No matter who you are, when you walk out the door, you know, once we could walk out the door, of course, now yeah. we're in the <laughs> pandemic. But when you come home, I am husband, dad. That brings me back. You know, you're not the CEO or the director of the project. You're like, hey, so are you cooking dinner tonight? Are you doing, you know, it's a balanced environment. So those type of things, you know, like you say, having people around you that know you and that can just be honest with you, that really helps keep you, that can help keep you grounded, I believe. I love it. I love it. And I think that that is so important in connecting with people and being accessible yes. and being likable as a speaker too. You know, when you get up on stage, you have to have that realness. That's right. So people, you know, it's not the super polished speaker of the eighties and nineties, you know, now we've yeah. got to be real because yeah, uh, yeah I love it. You know, when, I, when I first saw your podcast, what I loved about what you're doing is your energy and just your connection. Like you're so accomplished as a speaker, but when you talk to people or when you reach out, you're just like, hey, listen, let's talk about it. You know, you're not like throwing your resume, which you could, but you're just like, hey, let's learn something together. And I think that that really attracted me to your podcast, to be honest with you. Thank you. Well, and, and one of the things that I focus on is this isn't about me. This podcast isn't about me. You know, I can I get up on stage and speak. You can hear me then. But this right. is about my guests and the cool right. people that I know. Um, so I want to shift gears just a little bit because you wrote a children's book. Yes. Talk to me about that. Pro that seems a little bit out of the other accomplishments. Okay. As I was reading through it, I'm like, and a children's book. All right. So here we go. I have daughters, as I told you, right? So we know that that's the thing that melts most men. It breaks us down. So I'm telling these stories every night because I love to do that. I have a big imagination. So I'm making up these stories and I'm talking to them. And of course, I'm telling them they can be whatever they want to be in the world as an adult, right? And so one day they're like, dad, do you have a book? Write a book. And I'm thinking like, okay, now the pressure is on. <laughs> I've told them they can be whatever they want. And they're telling me, hey, I should be an author. So I'm like, you know what? I'll do it. So I went through the process and I created a, a book. And at the time they were at that age of early childhood learning, six, seven. And so what I decided to do was find out what was happening in the school systems. What were they using to teach kids? And so I built my book around that. Simple reading, but my first sales were actually in the school system. I actually pitched it and they picked it up. They picked up copies in the school system. And that's how I ended up writing a children's book. It was motivated by my kids. Nice. Did that take any courage from you? Yeah, it took a lot of courage because, you know, anytime you venture into something that you're not comfortable with, 
you have to do the research and you have to, you know, you have to have a level of confidence, but you have to have the information. And for me, it's the follow through to get it done. But it's it's a scary process. You know, when you're telling, you know, I'm going to do it, kids, but you're not certain you don't have a blueprint to do it. So it was a very daunting process, but it was fulfilling at the end. Well, and so many people, I think, are paralyzed by that moment where they're like, wow, I just said yes to my kids. Oh, crap. Now I need to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's that moment of either taking the next step or not That's or right. saying yes to the kids or saying, mm, no, daddy's not an author. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what do you think is the difference between the person who says yes and the person who says, oh, that's scary. I don't know how I'd like to, but I'm not going to. I'm scared. I think the only difference is that just some people want to do something. They just, they want to go get it. You know, I don't think it makes any person better. You know, a lot of times fear is a real thing, you know, hesitancy, you know, those type of things are real. And I never want people to feel like you're not better than the, you know, you're not as good as the next person because you didn't do it. I just think, you know, Hey, I wanted something different. And for me, it was a challenge. And I just said, you know what? I accept challenges. And so for me, that was a motivator. So I think that's the only thing that makes us difference is just what we want and how we want to go about doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any challenge you didn't accept? You know, it's not a few. Of course, if I had friends that had me doing something that wasn't on the up and up. Yeah. I didn't take those challenges. (laughs) But, you know, I had enough of those in college. So I think I learned my lesson after that. Let's go steal the Ronald McDonald out of the McDonald's. (laughs) That's right. Oh, man. So I'm I'm just glad I didn't grow up in an area of social media. Because mm-hmm. nowadays, everything is on the phone. Everything you do, someone has a phone recording, whether you see it or not. So I'm just glad that I was able to make mistakes in my youth and now live to actually be a polished adult, right? There, yeah, there you go. And as you have children in college dealing with social media, dealing with the pandemic yeah. and moving into adulthood in a very interesting time, how are you guiding your daughters through that? Because that is also something that takes a lot of yeah, courage. It is. I mean, it's enough just being a father with daughters. I mean, that, yeah. that entire concept. But, you know, really for my children, one of the things I want to do is I'll, I wanted to grow up giving them freedom because I didn't want freedom to be something that they experienced once they left home. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, that's when you like explode and you just like, I'm going to do everything I couldn't do. Right. So, you know. I give them, you know, freedom to explore, to learn certain things and to, you know, just honestly make mistakes in their own way. But, you know, we do a lot of I have a lot of conversations with them. I talk more than I probably ever would have. And for me, I think that has worked out in a way that they have a certain level of um, liability. They understand liability, They understand the consequences to their actions and how to be responsible on social media. So, so far, I think it's worked out, you know, and I just continue to pray that everything works in their favor. You know? Yeah. And sometimes that's all you can do is hope that you did a good job up until when they were 14 and then like, that's okay, right. world, be nice. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. So what's the next scary thing on the horizon? So you've gained a lot. You did Toastmasters the last four years. You're at the distinguished Toastmasters level. You mm-hmm. are uh, NSA, which is the professional speakers association. Um, you've done all of these things to get yourself in line for public speaking. You are very yes. eloquent. So I don't think you'll have any problem with that. Thank so you. what's the next scary thing? The next scary thing is actually becoming a, a known speaker, a person that is actually an authority in a certain area, mm-hmm. you know, and really the journey of being a speaker, as I'm finding out from my experience, is 
who are you? Because there are a lot of different things that you can do. You know, there are things that you're good at, but it's like, what is it that, how do you package that to make that something viable that people say, this is going to be relevant to my audience and to well, other audiences. Money to come and tell us this. Exactly. And, yeah. and that's, you know, that's the courageous thing because you look at other speakers, you know, I, I go on and I see speakers like yourself and other speakers, oh, 5,000, 10,000, $20,000 for speaking engagements. And so while I'm not there, I look at it and go, you know, that's great. That means there's work to do because they've developed this. And so now you just have to continue to develop. You're not, you're not less than, you're just like, hey, this is great. You know that there's growth. So for me, that's the fun part. It's like the growth is the, the journey is the part I really enjoy. Great. Great. So are you, what are you focusing on from a, from a message standpoint? Have you decided on that yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm toning it down to a course, entrepreneurship, business startup, um, marketing and branding strategies, because I've been in that, in that area of space and also just facing those fears to actually pursue your goals. So that I'm, I'm, I'm working on fine tuning something in that, in that area and finding a, a niche market that I can appeal to. Great. Well, it, I have no doubt you're going to be a success because you seem to have a great track record and a lot of courage. And again, that humbleness to be able to reach out to people and, and get there, take yes. those steps. So okay. foresttough.com is the website. I'll put it in the notes. Anything else you'd like to share on the subject of courage with our audience? Well, I was, I'll leave you this final note. Courage is not the absence of fear. It just simply means you take one step at a time until you finally get to that finish line. I love it. I love it. And I think that's such an important message is that it's not easy for any of us, this courage right. stuff. That's I love right. it. Well, Forrest, thank you so much for your time. So appreciate it. Again, ForrestTuff.com is the website. You can see all of his amazing speaking and uh, entrepreneurship and servant leadership there to uh, get in touch with him on social media as well. So thank you so much for your time. And this has been fun. It's been, it's been my pleasure.